0: City limits. city limits,
1: brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne, every Wednesday at nine am.
0: City limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment,
1: to transport and planning and housing issues,
0: to privatisations and our utility services,
1: to building and/or maintaining a sense of community. Eight five five on the AM band. If we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog, city, city limits. limits. okay welcome back to another week of city limits it's our energy week this week um and if you've just tuned in we're on 3cr the 8:55 am band or you can also find us on 3cr.org.au city limits and today it's me zeb Peek, and meg kimber on the line how are you meg
2: i'm good zeb how are you
1: I'm great I'm just about mm. to pour some tea oh I'm so glad that you do that yay let's see if it works
2: yeah there we go lovely I haven't had any tea yet this morning without Kevin here to be my tea dealer I just can't get organized it's, it's quite sad
1: oh but tea is so important it's the, the life
2: <laughs> it is yeah
1: <laughs> all right <laughs> What
2: have we got today? <laughs> well, I mean, you and I have both been having a little bit of a look at the news. We're not going to have um, the same kind of searing um, analysis of the Herald Sun that we usually would. But I mean, <laughs> since it's an energy week, um, one of the one of the articles that caught my eye. Um, was something from January, actually, about the impact on the COVID lockdowns on um, older Australians. Um, yeah. It was saying, so this article was saying that um, older Australians who depend on the age pension for income, the impact from lockdowns have, have driven many of them deeper into energy poverty, uh, which is where the uh, cost of paying for your energy bills is um you know, it gets very close to or exceeds um, your, your capacity to pay them. Um, some were facing up to 50% higher bills uh, in 2009 as a result of COVID.
1: Yeah. So you can't leave your house mm-hmm. during COVID. And so you can't um, do things like go to a shopping mall on a hot day. You have to use your air
2: conditioning. Exactly. Yeah, assuming that you are lucky enough to have air conditioning, of course, because um, recently changes to the Residential tenancy Agreement brought in, you know, mandatory heating for rentals, but um, yeah. air conditioning isn't mandatory, even though it can be life-threatening, especially for some people in the older population. Um a study from the Brotherhood of St. Lawrence found that um, in 2015, this study found that an estimated 28% of Australian households experience energy poverty on at least one measure. And a third of this was made up of older households, which means a household headed by someone aged 65 or older on the measure yeah. of income versus energy spending.
1: Yeah. And that's really hard, especially when we're also now relying more and more on um, energy and electricity to Mm. communicate with people Mm. uh, like we're doing right now on zoom yeah so it's a tricky situation it really is tough yeah um yeah it's interesting to to keep an eye out for those flow-on effects from the pandemic and the lockdown that might not be immediately obvious
2: yeah
1: um, yeah really big impacts yeah uh yes a news item i found that i thought um was quite interesting it's a bit out of the out of the ordinary but there was a study that was done so um apparently quite a lot of plants that we grow to eat actually contain toxins like cyanide in very small amounts um (laughs) this is usually fine this is okay this is a bit of a left field but i just found it so interesting i had to talk about it yeah um so one of the main plants that we eat that has cyanide in it is cassava and we actually have to process cassava um, to be able to reduce the toxins enough for it to be edible but it is a staple food now due to climate change and stresses on the environment like drought um, the cassava plant is beginning to produce more and more of these toxins um oh yeah some yeah some sort of defense response <laughs> that it that it does and so it's actually a really massive problem because if this cassava root ends up producing so much cyanide that it can't be um processed and eaten that's a staple food that we're gonna have to figure out how to do without
2: staple food like globally because i don't think i eat a lot i don't see a lot it cassava it's tapioca flour right that's made from cassava root
1: I think so, but it's more in like sub Saharan Africa, I think. Yep. Um, that people need mm. a lot of it.
2: Okay, yeah. Yep. Um,
1: but yeah, just another example of knock on effects that you might not think of when someone says uh, we have to go into lockdown or when someone says there's going to be increased temperatures and climate change. Uh, yeah. You can think of the obvious effects, but really um, there's such a chain reaction that. Yeah, You know, who knows what's going to happen?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so many things that we uh, rely on in terms of how we live our lives um, all over the world uh, that won't be, you know, already rapidly changing from how we have thought of as a status quo. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess following on from that, speaking about climate change and the climate emergency, Um, An article from pretty recently, from the 4th of February in uh, The Guardian, it talks about National Party's approach to uh, Australia's push for zero emissions. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, zero emissions by 2050, that's already not good enough, but... um, According to The Guardian, senior National Party ministers have poured cold water on the growing push for Australia to adopt a concrete commitment to net zero emissions by 2050, cautioning against platitudes, in quotes, and arguing the coal sector is not in decline.
1: Which is just what? How can they still be saying that when another article that came out quite recently is we're saying how more than a billion dollars has been wiped off the value of Queensland coal and gas power stations mm. um, because of falling electricity demand and the growth of wind and solar. So there's just, yeah. Yep. How yeah. are they getting away with that?
2: Yeah. I mean, we've had many people on the show on Sydney Limits talking about how the coal industry really is not sustainable and is propped up by uh, government's commitments to the industry, um, and you know, including Dave Sweeney, in the anti nuclear campaigns, and um, Han Orby from um, the organization that's pushing for a, a federal anti corruption body. Because, of course, lobbying is a big part of the, the reason that these rhetorics gain so much ground. Um, yes. Yeah, so apparently, many of Australia's trading partners are actually pushing for this as a goal. But uh, the government is, is yeah, the, the government has expressed a, a preference, but uh, the agriculture minister uh, in the coalition and the deputy leader of the Nationals, uh, David Littleproud, has um, not really come on board, so to say, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Well, um, in slightly better news, a, a sort of more uplifting story, mm-hmm. apparently there has been a win against um, So there was a proposed expansion of the new Ackland coal mine. um, And it was the Oakey Coal Action Alliance that, um, that won a high court of Australia appeal against the proposed expansion. Um, And there was an 84 year old alpaca farmer, Aileen Harrison, uh, who played an important part. And I just thought it was great. They had an article with a picture of her and her alpacas. brilliant uh,
2: yes fantastic (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh we should um speaking of community action we should have said at the top of the show that we actually are joined by a community activist and um a tree sitter who's part of a a move out at um goongra to protect some of the last unburnt parts of the forest out there uh, that are at threat from logging from um vic forests so yeah we will be joined um you know, partway through that, halfway through the show, we'll be joined by uh, 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 Isaac, who um, will talk to us about about this campaign. When you compare an old-growth forest compared to a forest which is regrowing after a disturbance like logging, they're actually quite different ecosystems. You're on 3CR Community Radio and you're listening to City Limits and um, Zeb and myself are here talking about the news. Uh, Zeb, I have an article, this one is also from The Guardian and from the 5th of February. Um, This is an interesting one uh, about energy storage. Uh, Developers plan to build what they say will be the world's biggest large scale battery in the New South Wales, Hunter Valley. Um, which is the latest in, in, in many uh, major energy storage projects announced for the National Energy Grid. Um, so the company's called CEP Energy and the battery is $2.4 billion um, and it's being built at Curry Curry, northwest of Newcastle. Um, the capacity of it is 1,200 megawatts, which is about eight times greater than the battery at Hornsdale in South Australia, which was the biggest when it began operating in 2017.
1: Yeah, so apparently if it goes um, ahead, the project is going to challenge the viability of gas-fired power plants proposed for that region by AGL so, uh, and Energy Australia.
2: Um, yeah. So it
1: sounds like a good thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean, um, yeah, this, like like we mentioned before, the um, coal-powered industry and gas-fired power plants are, are sort of touted as necessary parts of the economy but uh, it sounds like actually the companies involved um, in the energy sector are, are viewing renewables as very viable and in many cases it seems like more viable than the gas and fossil fuel industries.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. There was apparently some concern from BirdLife Australia about the Location of where they were going to have this battery. Um, mm. It was set for an endangered bird habitat in the Tonalpin woodlands near Karakari. So mm. they were um, obviously pro renewable energy, but just wanting um, mm. the proposal to be for a, a different area. Mm.
2: Yeah, really, yeah, really important to kind of like keep in mind that, that all. Uh, developments of this kind have impacts on the environments where they're they're built and that we have a responsibility to care for um, care for the land and the the animals and and plants and everything in it. So yeah there's two critically endangered species there, the region honey eater and the swift parrot. I mean this is the challenge really that um, capitalism gives us is that Solutions to um, excessive energy use, like when you look at um, when you look at Australia compared to many other places in the world, our uh, use of energy is it, we are extremely privileged. We have a you know an excessive energy um, accessibility, and many other places have very different relationships to energy use. Um, and yeah, we've had some interesting guests on city limits in the past who have talked about how uh, energy can be rolled out um, in places that haven't taken this step of having an energy grid. Um, Because, of course, when you have a grid, that means all kinds of other – all kinds of specifications about how people and companies have to relate to the grid, which includes um, storing power and – Having solar power, like less likely for people to have uh, buildings that are that are self sufficient in energy.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, part of the difficulty as well is that uh, we've got these massive coal power stations that are—they're um, very costly to turn on and off. So there's a base level of power that uh, system that we already exist in, which supports um, uh, both a high use, high level of use of energy and
2: um, coal um, coal produced energy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. And of course there is that layer also of the fact that private companies are designed Uh, to um, prove their worth to investors and shareholders by making a profit. And if you're an energy provider, you profit if people use more energy. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So, you know, City Limits started as a push to champion the voices of of, um, people who saw the value in publicly owned resources, including the, Um, energy grid uh, public housing public transport all of these things that even 20 or 30 years ago uh, there was a much stronger culture and political culture of seeing the worth of public um, public resources so again and again we've seen the you know over the years this push to actually privatize so many aspects of of Australian life that used to be publicly publicly owned resources, Um, and with the idea that people were going to save money, that it would be better for consumers and um, you know better for governments, and what actually happens is that we see that it's worse for it's worse for individuals, it's worse for communities, it's worse for environments, and um, yeah, but it works out really well for private companies that profit from these these deals
1: yeah exactly um i suppose lastly on that another private company that keeps on uh making profits over other people's losses is rio tinto uh there's there's Mm. been another um so this is an article from the abc
2: yeah so i i'm i'm yeah it's a good article talking about um that the traditional owners have written a letter to rio tinto criticizing executive movements um i mean i'm comp- just completely it's not surprising that a that a a company would do something like this um, and i'm glad to see that it is still in the news because of course these kind of desecration of our aboriginal sites of great importance happen All the time but this has been one of the most egregious yes yeah um, uh, solidarity and and power to the uh, Jukung Gorge traditional owners uh, for their efforts to um, hold them to account basically Um, of course uh, 3CR is proudly um, centers Aboriginal um, news and and the efforts of of activists. So, um, yeah, we certainly stand in solidarity with all of their efforts. Well, we might take a little break and we will be back after this with our guest, Isaac, who is currently about 40 metres in the air in the tree and the um, forest of Goongrath. Um, that general region anyway and so we'll find out more about it after this break
0: Tune in to Billabong Beats Tuesdays at 11am with me Gavin Moore giving a voice to both Western Kulin and Kulin First Nations peoples join me to talk about philosophy and dreamtime stories surrounding the waterhole, the sacred fire, the land, the plants and animals. Billabong Beats, 11am Tuesdays on 3CR.
2: So you're listening to City Limits and you're on 3CR Community Radio, you can stream this show at 3cr.org.au. You can find out more at 3cr.org.au slash City Limits and you can podcast us. Um, today we're joined by Isaac, who is part of a community campaign for protecting some of the last unburnt forests out in the Goulburn region of Victoria. Thanks for joining us, Isaac
0: hi thanks for having me
2: it's a real pleasure so tell us about your role in the campaign for a start
0: uh well i'm a tree seater at the moment so that means that i'm uh sitting uh high on a on a platform on a old tree 40 meters high in the um er- plateau and i'm uh in this tree seat because it's um In an area that's uh, about to be logged, and um, by me being here, we're halting the the logging um, so far. So that's um, that's that's my specific role in uh, in the campaign at uh, at the moment.
2: Fantastic! Thank you for joining us. Um, Up from the tree set, tell us about. Can you tell us a little bit about the Erinundra Plateau for those who haven't. Visited. yeah
0: so uh, the Arenanndra plateau of East Gippsland is um, uh, an area that um, it has uh, incredible um, ecological values um, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a scientist so i'm just going to tell you what what i know or what i've heard from from the people that know um, but um it's um, it, 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 it's a plateau it, it means like it's a, sort of like a flat Area and it's quite high up. It's uh, about a thousand meters high, and um, it it has like a um, a, a huge diversity of uh, of forests, including like uh, uh, one of the last remaining uh, temperate rainforests in, in mainland Australia. The the other the other big patch of uh, temperate rainforest in Australia is in Tasmania, um, but other than that, yeah. uh, there's uh, uh, there's not, there's none left uh, anywhere else. Um, so that's uh, that 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 per, per se that uh, gives it uh, you know like an an incredible value, and um, and it's also home to to some of our uh, vulnerable species, including the the glider glider and um, and the powerful owl. Um, but uh, more than that, I think uh, uh, this uh, year also. Uh, what's what's meant is that uh, after the bushfires, um, the Erinandra Plateau is one of the the last refuges of um, uh, forests that didn't burn, um, and um, you know that which which that makes it uh, even more special when we uh, when we think that in East land, uh, 80% of the the forests uh, burn in one severity or other. So, um, mm. yeah, the, the, the plateau is, um, is one of those last, uh, refuges for, um, for our forest, for our wildlife, but also for mm. people, right? Like people like to come to, to the plateau to, um, to kind of, uh, do, you know, a bit of a soothing of, uh, <laughs> of their wounds. Like, uh, I mean, I've, I've mm-hmm. been living in, in East Gippsland since March only last year, so I wasn't here, uh. Uh, uh during the bushfires uh and i i've i've been living here because i have friends here right and uh, so i know that what they've gone through and 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 uh the pain is still like very um you know very raw and and it's it's very recent um what um the the event that uh the, the people of east Gippsland went through uh during the bushfires mm-hmm. so uh having places like the the plateau that um that are not banned, like the landscape that you can come and you just don't see it banned anywhere. It's um it's already precious, precious um uh for for the people that live here.
1: Yeah. Um and so it's the government owned Vic Forests that are trying to log this area, isn't
0: it? Yes, yes. So uh Vic Forests is a publicly owned company of the Victorian government and um after the bush fires, they, um, so what they do, they manage, so they, they have like the area that, uh, of, of public land, like usually what, uh, we call state, state parks. And, uh, they, um, they propose areas where they, they want to go and, and log, um, the timber, the the trees where they want to go and, uh, top the trees. And then, um, that goes through, through a process and then, uh, uh, when it gets approved, then they just come into uh, their their own calendar and they um they come and they they clear fell the the place pretty much that's that's the what that's what they do and uh so after the bushfires uh, they uh, wow. proposed uh, sixty new areas in the arendra plateau, which it's hmm. I, I don't have the the figures, but um, uh, it's an incredible amount of uh, hectares that, um, you know, that they weren't planned to be logged in, uh, in the plateau, but now they are because of the bushfires. Because, you know, I think that they, uh, of course, like their, what they call their res- resource, their forest, like a lot of it also burned for them. So now what their what the, the mentality is, is like to, to go wherever there's, there's a bit of uh, bush left. But of course, like that's um, we think <laughs> not a not a way to um, to respond to uh, uh, to a major event like like the bushfires when actually there's been like even from the the, the environment department of Victoria there's been um, there's been a report that uh, uh, was recommending Big Forest uh, not to come to the Arinandra plateau and uh, other ambient areas and log just because it was just the, the last remaining habitat for species in, um, in the eastern uh, uh, eastern part of the state. Uh, but they ignore that. They ignore the, the advice of the, um, the Environment Department. And we, which are, we find that it's quite shocking that they can...
1: Yeah, the government ignored its own advice to not look.
0: So, well, big forests ignore the government's advice. So um and that's mm. that's something that uh, it's a report that uh it was uncovered by a freedom of information uh, request by Gecko Environment mm. uh, Center and um, uh, that report what was saying is that um, uh, it was recommending big forest not to log um unbent areas and specifically was talking about the Erinander plateau not to come to the Erinander plateau because of its uh, um, high ecological values, and also because it was the, the, the best of the best of what was remaining, right? So um, mm. so that was a, that was a, a report um, uh, from the Environment Department to Big Forest, and Big Forest completely disregarded that, uh, that advice, and mm. they still uh, went ahead with their plans to, to come and log here in the Plateau and um i think that's when you know we we decided that uh we needed to to step in and and try to to do something to to stop it you know when 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 the government um can't really like hold to um to reign like uh um their own um uh, publicly owned company and they can't um mm-hmm. you know force them to to um to you know to be to be cautious and also to to think about the impacts of their of their practices i mean we know uh logging logging in the way that it's done in victoria is bad in in any any level but um uh we think that after after the bushfires uh, particularly here in east Gippsland, their behavior has been reckless just with this intention to come here to uh uh, to log the plateau, but also with um, uh, salvage logging, which is what they call, you know, when they when they go into areas that have have been uh, banned, and they they still go and log it, and they uh, by that uh, effect they uh, don't allow that that forest to ever recover, right?
2: Mm. And especially considering that the Daniel Andrews government um, had a Election promise, a bit of a campaign around um, publicising their move out of native forest
0: logging. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, there's a plan that uh, they put forward to end native logging in twenty thirty, right? And um, right. and that was uh, put forward before the uh, the bushfires. Oh, wow. uh, the bushfires, uh, I think, changes everything, right? Like they were mm-hmm. thinking about. That plan, just without considering that the, you know, the the amount of uh, destruction that the <clears throat> that the bushfires did on uh, on, on our forests. So I think one of the other um, uh, demands that um, that we have is that that plan is brought forward. I mean, it's an industry that it's been on on its way out for a long time. They've they've known that they were um, ending. Uh, you know, their own business <laughs> uh, a long time mm-hmm. a long time ago because it's a completely unsustainable uh industry. And they've known that if you ask any person in the with, within the industry, they've known that for a long time. You know, like uh mm-hmm. in Gungara where where I live, like um in the old days in the um, you know, sixties, seventies, there were like three meals, right? Mm-hmm. But they were just completely um, you know, uh uh processing uh timber logs like 24 7. Mm. now there's not like mm. the the crews that they were working on the um, uh in the in the bush there are like um, plenty of them and now there's just like uh just a few remaining and that's just because they've they've completely um um kind of uh shot, shot uh, uh, in their own foot so there's unsustainable industry with on their way out already a long a long time ago, and they um, they put this plan forward to try to I don't know to try to to put a uh, a good face towards the industry because we know that they you know the Andrews government has has um you know links to to the industry and specifically with the, with the union mm-hmm. right and um but in ten years there was also like there's really no time for them to to transition to to plantations either. Um, but you know, like uh, after the bushfires, there's not even there's not even like a, a, um, sort of like a, a a moral cause anymore, just to to keep sustaining an industry that now doesn't even have um, uh, you know enough enough resource to 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 kind of um, keep going, not even for a few more years. And 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 what what they what they it seems that they want to do is they they just want to Come to the last remaining bit of uh, intact habitat that we have left in East Gippsland and just completely destroy it, which is it. It, mm. it just makes completely no sense, right? Like um, we're thinking, like in this plan, they have uh, a four a four year the first four years until 2024. They intend to maintain the same volumes of um mm. uh, of of Pimba that uh, that they had before uh 2020 and after the bushfires this is this is completely re- mm. reckless and you know like the only mm. the only way that they're going to do that is they if they completely uh destroy el- every last bit of um of uh, uh either unburned forest or burn forest that is regenerating
2: right and of course you can see why the community out there is um rallying together to oppose this uh, can you tell us how that has how that how that's going there's a no, there's a blockade there yeah. um in the area where you are yeah.
0: yeah yeah i mean it's it's been great to um you know to see the the community support and you know how um either like just uh, sending us messages but also you know they brought us uh pizza and they brought some uh,
2: uh treats <laughs> and uh
0: you know some uh bag bag goods and uh just people kind of dropping into camp and and giving us um uh, their support and uh or um, you know online and uh, sending us messages and you know a lot of a lot of people also that uh in the past w- would have not um i think supported uh, maybe direct action like this one, I think that they, um, they also see that, you know, that enough is enough, you know, that um, even in, in traditional uh, towns like uh, Bendok or Delegate, that they've, they've been maybe more uh, supportive or more leaning towards so, um, uh, the logging industry, we've had people uh, coming and offering uh, um, their support and just uh, seeing that, that this makes completely no sense. Uh, we think that, like, yeah, the the logging industry as it as it functions now, there's only a few people really that make money, and there's not even that many many more jobs in it, right? Just think that uh, um, Big Forest last year they posted a twenty million dollar uh, deficit, and that means that it's twenty million dollars that taxpayers are <laughs> funneling to Big Forest. Mm. So they can keep going with this destructive uh, enterprise. So it doesn't have
2: yeah, it doesn't
0: have economic uh, sense. It does it has lost its uh, social license and the environmental license was never there to to get started. So I think now it's the time to to just end it. And I think it will be it will be um, you know uh, uh, um, the right the right move by the Andrews government just to step in and say that they that they bring forward this transition plan or um, uh, and and that they end the native native timber uh, logging now i think that would be and i think that that, that would be like what uh, a lot of people would be really really happy with you know even even around here. i mean there's been like so much so much money being thrown to the logging industry uh, for a long time with this transition mm-hmm. plan also brings more money for, um, uh, for the industry and, you know, for the, um, um, the, 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 the community that still relies on it, which is, you know, it's, 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 really small. If we think about Orbos, for instance, that, um, it's the closest town to, to gunga I think it's like not even 5% of the, of the jobs are related to the, to the logging industry, but the power that the industry holds is. It's still much more more higher than not really mm. the the real the real uh, economic or social um uh impact that that it has in 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 the area
1: yeah
2: it's funny isn't it
1: um well, yeah, just thank you so much for doing that um important and necessary work uh, How long have you been in the tree set now
0: uh, this is uh <clears throat> so I came up uh I think sunday last week, so what is it It'd be like um to be the ninth day, is it? To so starting the ninth day, yeah. But it, wow. I don't know. It's just like it's, it's been a little bit like of a of a sort of a dreamish, uh, sometimes a bit nightmarish <laughs> experience. Like uh, think that the the first three days uh, it was uh, uh, raining <laughs> every day, not constantly, but we had uh, one day that it uh, we had like four, forty meals. 40 mils of rain and also, uh, a hailstorm. So I don't know if oh, you, I, wow. I don't know if you've been to, I'm, you know, this is also like, uh, I'm not an experienced climber. This is like my third tree really that I climbed, uh, in, in my entire life. And, um, being, being, uh, this high up on a, on a hailstorm, um, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of uh, an experience. Amazing. Like I think that um, it, uh, was, yeah, it made me it made me um, you know kind of question a lot of things <laughs> and uh, think about like you know what what yeah. what I was really what I was really doing here. But I just uh, I kind of like uh, you know I had to 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 power through and uh, and really come to terms that this was uh, a decision that I had made and that I was um, just making it. Um, with all the consequences and, um, and, uh, I'm, I'm happy that I, that I stay, I stay put and, uh, and, the, and this week looks, uh, much more, um, uh, quieter. I think we've got good weather and no wind, uh, all week, which is, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very relieved. I'm very relieved. Especially the wind. I think I'm becoming an expert at, at uh, at looking at wind forecasts. <laughs>
1: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's amazing that you managed to stay up during a hailstorm. I'm so impressed. What can um what can people on the ground do to support you? Well,
0: I yeah, I have to say, I have to say, yeah, exactly. I think like um to be honest, like it's been because of uh, the amazing crew that um have helped me get up here and their experience and their expertise that I've I've felt. Save up here and i know that um that if at any point uh it was unsafe to be up here they would they would tell me and i would come down and um yeah i mean i'm not doing this on my own there's like uh there's a there's a huge crew that has helped that uh you know it is like on the ground like uh, constantly but also like from melbourne as well organizing different things and um you know there's been uh, people um at different fronts also coming in at different stages so yeah this this will only um um uh, be a success if uh, if people get involved and and i think that we are um, we're we're very open and you know like uh, uh we welcome like any any type of of help and support in any way or form like they um you know everyone just because their are on a way of expressing like their uh, frustration and how they want to act uh, on it. And uh, we're very welcome to, um, to receive any type of support. Even like I, I got a, I got a drawing of um of a little kid of a, of a tree with a tree <laughs> seat there. And then he was, he was holding, he was holding my hand up there on the on the tree <laughs> seat and that was like the, the, the sweetest thing. So like every, every little thing uh, really helps us to, to keep, uh, to keep and stay, stay strong up here, mm-hmm. and um, and that's that's also what we need. I think that um, you know if we can get more people up here, or we can get more people sharing um, our uh, our content on on social media and making it making it bigger. I think that's that's going to be um, the the main the main element to make it a success. Because what we really need to to do is to bring this to the attention of the wider community mm-hmm. so then the andrews government needs to um needs to react and actually needs to acknowledge that this is what's going on and then make a decision because at the moment they haven't uh said anything because and you know when they don't say anything you know that it's because it looks yeah. bad on them yeah. right <laughs> like um, um if, if it was something that uh, we were doing here that uh or oh, you know they, they, they thought that they would get some political uh, credit mm-hmm. they would have already jumped on board but um, because they, they know that it's uh it's not a good look on them they haven't said anything yet so what we need to do is to mount the pressure so they so they need to um to react and actually acknowledge the the situation and then take a position on it
2: yes and because in particular a lot of these destructive industries that exploit the environment Um, they they survive and continue because they talk about the bottom line and you they've got numbers in a fancy annual report and they've got these cute pictures of a plantation forest and in actual fact people have Mm. to see these places that are being logged because they are incredible places and that's I think one of the great things about um, a, a blockade and occupation and treason is that it, it creates a space for community to actually gather there. And I would encourage if anyone's listening yeah. and hasn't been to get out there and I would certainly love to. So,
0: yeah. Totally. Totally. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible place and, you know, I'm so lucky to also be sitting here in, um, in an area before they came and, uh, and locked yeah. it because it's still intact. So I can, I can, I can enjoy it as, uh as it is and it uh, as it has been for for hundreds of years i mean around me there's heaps of areas that they have that have been logged before mm-hmm. and um so you can see like you can see the the differences in um in in the bush and what's the region whereas the, uh, with the, the old growth mm-hmm. and uh, but still like there's there's plenty of areas that um that haven't been logged which are the the ones that now they're they're coming after yeah. for um, but yeah, you're right. I think like um, just coming here and and experience uh, experience this uh, this uh, amazing piece of bourges uh, is is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for me, like I I grew up in Spain, right? Like I've I've uh, I've been in Australia for about eight years, and I grew up in um, in Catalonia mm-hmm. and near Barcelona, and and I, I, I love the mountains there, and um, I used to to go there with my dad um, all the time, but. But the the landscape there has been uh, modified by humans for mm. such a long time that um, it's it's a very it's a very different experience. And and when I came to Australia first, um, that was the main thing that really blew me away. Just being in nature and just feeling the the power of nature mm. in Australia. And then finding that um, that behind the, the glossy uh magazines of uh, tourism australia and all those those tourist destinations there's also like a very um uh dark side of uh, how we manage the land uh, in australia yeah. and it's uh, and, and and the logging industries is one of those those dark sides that um you know they'll tell you oh you've got the national park there well but yeah you know, it's not only about the national park. It does the national park doesn't mm. live in isolation. Like it needs to, ha- to be connected to, to, to the to the whole ecosystem, mm. right? So I think that um that realizing that uh that these practices were happening in Australia, that was one of the things that really that really shocked me at first. And I think ultimately that's what's made me uh, take a stand yeah. right because it 's like well we we 're not talking here we 're not in in uh, in Brazil in the Amazon or we 're not talking about Indonesia and Malaysia like with the orangutans like of course that that 's really bad as well but look we've got we 've got this issue yeah. here in our in our own soil, and we think that uh, we can be we can be teaching lessons to to other countries, mm-hmm. but we haven 't really sorted sorted our our, our own patch. And you know, like I mean, it's 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 all a continuation of this colonial um, uh, project, right? Of of decimating the land and just trying to 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 subvert it and and just um yeah, just taking it as a as a resource mm. as a resource instead of us just being part of it.
2: Indeed, yeah. Um, and and uh, ruining a lot of. Uh, tens of thousands of years of, of Aboriginal management of, of of the land of what we call Australia. Um, and so, we'll, Isaac, mm. we'll have to finish up. Unfortunately, it's been wonderful to speak with you. And um, I just want to say again, if anyone's... Listening and thinking about visiting what what better way to support a community and that has been affected by bushfires and show how a different type of economy can 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 work by going there and supporting local businesses and and supporting the local community so if people do want to get involved yeah yeah, how do they get in touch
0: well so we have uh we have the uh email for the the campaign which is safeerinandra at gmail.com and also on social media Maybe we need to spell yeah. Arinandra. So it's it's E yeah. Did I say that right? Yes. Yeah, it's double 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 R Arinandra. Gmail.com. And also you can find us on Instagram, the same the same account, save Erinundra, and on Twitter as well and also if you if you check um Goomba environment center gecko all the socials or um or our website gecko.org um we're also posting all the updates uh all the updates there. great great thank you
2: thank you so much thank you very much
0: yeah. thanks for thanks for uh, uh, giving this this platform to you know to to send this message out and uh, Hopefully, we can get uh, more and more people involved and and really make a, a meaningful impact. Yeah,
2: and thank you so much for what you do because direct action really um, really does work and has worked to save some really precious parts of, uh, of Australian forests. So, thank you, Isaac.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. I mean, I think like just just to touch on that, with uh, uh, plenty of national parks, people forget yeah. that they're national parks because of direct action yeah. and people blocking. Yeah, and
2: community action.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Thank you so much for today.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us, (laughs) for having me. (laughs) All right.
1: Okay. You've been listening to City Limits on 3CR. Um, you can find more details about the Save Erinundra, um, campaign. We'll put some links in the show notes and um, tune in next week. And Kevin will be back next week, so that's going to be exciting. Yay! You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station
2: 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.